Really into them right now. <laughs> Plus, it is time for a Holly and Nira show intervention. Nira, I'm concerned for your safe word. I'm concerned for your mental state. Okay. <laughs> There's Fine. a lot. Fine, fair. A lot of concern. And do you want career advice from a super CEO of a giant successful company? Yes, yes, you do. Take a listen. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. Do you want career advice from a super CEO of a giant, successful company? Yes, please. Of course you do. These words, this advice, comes from Edward Jones CEO, Penny Pennington. Yes, guys, that's that is not her, her real name. name. Penny Pennington. She sounds like a like a James Bond person. Right? MI6 or whatever. Or, or yeah, something. She sounds very Spy. very British. Hello, I'm Penny Pennington. Penny Pennington says she, this is the best advice that she received in her 22-year career. And the fact is she is only one of five women who are leading a brokerage firm with at least $1 trillion in assets. Holy! At least. Okay, she is major. This woman is major, and her advice, her career advice is every day, do something that terrifies you. Every day. I think I read that on a Lululemon bag once. <laughs> okay. Maybe it like, came yes, from... Yes, Lulu. Maybe, maybe it came from Penny Pennington. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. Okay. But this woman, she said that is the best advice in her 22-year career. Like, you don't want to just get comfortable. You need to get comfortable with new challenges. Doing something that terrifies you every single day will make you raise your own hand from time to time to say to those people, I've never been at this table before, but I've got something to say today. Dang. Uh-huh. Penny Pennington. Penny Pennington. I want to be like her. No She's kidding. only one of five women to be able to be a CEO of a company that has at least a trillion dollars in assets. Girl. I mean, woman. Woman? Yeah. Does she have any examples of what she does to scare her every day? Because I'm <laughs> like a little confused. Like, I don't know how literal to take this. Well, this is the thing. I think even if she gave us examples... We're in such a different world. Right. So that's why she kept it very generic. Hmm. Every day, do something that terrifies you. Like, you know how you love being scared, Nira? I love it. Like, it's, she loves it and it also, like, gets her going. Yeah, totally gets me randy. So would you like me to hide, like, like, we park here and it's dark when we walk into work. It's <laughs> terrifying. It's actually really scary yes. when I walk into work. I'm constantly thinking I'm going to be murdered. <laughs> so is that good enough? Like, or do you want me to hide at your car? Do you want me to really take it next level and like freak you out every day? Okay, well, you know what? The fact that that terrifies you every day coming to work. So scared. <laughs> I just read, this for real. I've read that people are now trying to like get in people's cars at stoplights downtown. That's great. Thank you for sharing That's that information. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're you. welcome. You're going to be a... 
a CEO one day. One day. Yes, thank you. But I was thinking, like, there's something that, you know, you ruined for us. Oh. You used to sit in the other room in the mornings, like in another office, then come into this room just a few minutes before the show started. Right. It was my favorite thing because we also, like, we had this, like, flirtatious thing going, like, when's she coming in? When's she not coming in? Yeah, we had a real will they, won't they vibe. Yes. And then <laughs> you would come into this room and I would hide. Yeah. And when Holly, Scott, I don't know if you know this, our producer Scott, Holly would walk into this room and I would I would scare her every time that she'd walk in. Okay, I, I'm so glad to be learning this about you guys because yeah. that is one of the things that I love <laughs> so much is scaring people. Which is awesome. Oh. She doesn't love I it. I hate being scared. So the best part is, is I was also terrified for doing it because I never knew what her reaction yeah. was yes. going to be if she's going to turn around with her pen. Yes. Like, I do have a very violent reaction sometimes. Like, it's yeah. on you. Well, yeah, we're yeah, bringing yeah. this back, right? right? That's, I don't know. Can we bring I this back? I would not make her go to the other room. <laughs> Prepare to be stabbed. Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. It is time for a Holly and Nira show intervention. Nira, I'm concerned for your safe word. You're concerned for my safe word? Yes, because of the other meaning of your safe word. And let's just preface this, ladies and gentlemen. This is not Nira's bedroom safe word, okay? I actually don't know what her bedroom okay, safe word is. That's what? a whole other situation. You want to go with prefaces here? Okay. I'm going to preface with saying you're a really messed up person. Uh, um, I'm not the one who chose this safe word. This is Nira's, quote, family safe word for when mommy goes a bit cuckoo and yes. starts yelling too much. Yes. Correct. Yeah, so uh, I did some reading, and you know how they always say, like, children, sometimes they need a timeout. But parents need a timeout, too. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving your children a timeout, when you're raging, you need to give yourself a timeout. Okay. And I, I've tried doing that. I'm like, okay, I need to walk away from this situation. But I'm not always the best to know in the situation that I'm raging. And a few times I've seen on my children's eyes, like, I am actually getting to fright mode. Mm -hmm. Like, it is frightening. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a yeller, I'm very passionate, got this hot blood inside of me, with hot Indian blood, okay? Mm -hmm. It's spicy. It's very spicy. <laughs> and I told my children, if it's getting to a point where mama's going a little too cuckoo for you and it's like, I'm getting scary, just start saying pineapple. Okay? See what I'm saying? So they say pineapple and I know to walk away. It's actually my son's favorite fruit, pineapple. Okay, stop. <laughs> you're, and you're messed up because what you want to say, I didn't even hear of this until like this year of my life. It's like one of those pieces of information that once you learn, you can't unlearn. So sorry if you also love pineapple, but pineapple is like another word for swinging. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's like the symbolism, the word that's attached to like, quote, the lifestyle and swinging. Okay, it's more than that. It's not just the word. You got to do a lot more with the pineapple to give it that meaning. You, well, there's many things about the pineapple and swinging, but one of the things you can do is apparently if you're walking around the grocery store holding an upside-down pineapple, that signals to other swingers, I'm in. Yes. I'm game. Yes, yeah, so you got to walk around it. a grocery store because this is, this is what... Oh, my gosh. Okay, I can't... This is a symbolism. Walking around a grocery store yes. holding a pineapple upside down. I want to say this also, Nira. South Surrey, I'm not lying, <laughs> is a swinging hotspot because of how close you are to the border. <laughs> yes, it's like, hey, you're a Seattle swinger and you want you know, some like animosity for the weekend. Guess where you're going? And I just found out recently, too, that if you put an upside down pineapple on your porch. Yes. You're also letting whoever in your neighborhood know. 
that and you are the swingers of the neighborhood. Do you know about the hedgehog thing? No. Okay, do you know the hedgehog, like, you've probably seen them somewhere, where you, like, clean your feet at the front yes, door. Yes, yes, like yes. a hedgehog, it's got, like, a broom as a back. Yeah, and yeah. you clean your feet. That's another sign of swinging. Just that 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 foot mat? The hedgehog foot mat thing. Does it have to be shaped like a hedgehog? Yes. <laughs> this is mad. And if the hedgehog is holding the pineapple. Is that your safe word? Hedgehog? Hedgehog. <laughs> Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. How are you following people? This is a legit question, a legit concern of mine okay. right now. There's no dumb questions here. I'm very confused. You know when it comes to Insta, IG, Instagram, right? I'm so confused. <laughs> like scrolling and I'm looking at some people's pictures that I obviously follow and I'm like, how am I following you? Who are you? Why am I following you? I never hit follow, but I'm following these people. How am I following people that I don't know how I'm following if I never hit follow? First of all, I'm proud of you that you actually took time to scroll because you never do that. So that is good, Nira. You need to do more of that in your life. That was a giant step for me because you are correct. You must have been really bored. Or were you on the toilet? No, I never take my phone to the bathroom. Really? Me neither. That is one of the most disgusting things that a human can do. Totally. Especially sitting on the toilet. Like, what the? That is so gross. Okay. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. Okay, let me get the picture of you and doing that off my... Like, Sometimes I text you from the toilet. <laughs> okay, That's let me get story. out of my brain, let me get out of my brain. Okay, anyways, but how am I following? I don't know, I think I was waiting in line somewhere. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, fine. And, yeah. And I, how do you, I don't understand. Okay, now, you weren't like red wine tuned and hit follow on anyone? No. Okay, and who are these people that you have no idea how you're following? I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know these people. Are they humans or are they like bots? Are they companies? They're humans. Real humans? Yeah. Okay. They're humans with stories. Okay. Because then I wonder who they are because I don't understand why I'm following them. Then I hit their profile Mm -hmm. and they look like very wonderful people. But I also am looking at them going, why am I following you? I don't understand. How am I following you? What has happened? What have I clicked on? What have I done? What did I say yes to? Mm -hmm. What agreement am I in on that this is happening to me? Great questions. Help me. I think Instagram does this. It just sort of suggests people for you. And then if you're not taking its suggestions, it's just like, we'll just hook you up. Are you serious? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that for reals? Yeah, probably. You probably have some algorithm matchups that it's like, oh, you both um, have kids or you both uh, whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of brown people. Okay, racist. I'm, no, I Instagram. am brown. No, no I, I know. I know you're brown. <laughs> saying Instagram's racist. Oh, they're brown. It's like when you meet a gay guy who's new to Vancouver and you have a gay friend. You're like, yeah. you guys should meet. Right? It's like it doesn't mean just because they're. Like, come on. No, the best part is because their majority of them are also Indian and I'm Indian. Right. And because we we have so much family, I actually do get confused and wonder if we're family. Oh my God, are they your cousins? <laughs> no, oh, <laughs> Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. Virgin. Well, cuffing season has started, and Nira actually found one. Yeah, I found one. You brought up cuffing and how cuffing is coming back earlier than expected this year. That's right. Cuffing season, if you don't know, is it starts now in the fall, goes until Valentine's Day. It's basically when two single people decide, during the colder months, let's stay warm together. Oh, the weather outside is... And you said starts now, like, in the fall. It's not fall yet, you know that, know. right? Starting earlier this year. Started last week, cuffing yeah. season. Yeah, which is mind-blowing. And then I had so many questions about... About cuffing cuffers 
when you're cuffing with someone. Because you told me that people who cuff, they know they're cuffing. I thought no. that was okay, the what, rule. What did you say, though, to me last week? I said it because I thought that was the rule. Like, yes. if you're in a cuffing relationship, you talk about it and you're like, listen, I'm. let's just cuff it up, yeah. see where this goes. But yeah. you both know going in, this is it's cuffing season and we're cuffing. Yeah, I straight up asked, because like, what if one person is cuffing, but the other person doesn't know they're cuffing? You said, mm-hmm. no, that doesn't happen. I, I've, I didn't think it did. Yeah, you said, no, it doesn't happen. Because I didn't think it did. Okay, and then I found you someone. I found you someone who was in a situation where they're, they were cuffed, but they didn't know they were cuffed. They didn't know they were in a cuffing situation. And that person happens to work with us, and his name is Darren, and he's one of our producers on the show, Darren. Yeah, this you happened. Were, you were a victim. I think so. A coughing victim. I was a coughing victim. The timeline adds up to <laughs> a coughing situation that I wasn't aware of. Are you Okay. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I was a little bit like, what's going on afterwards? Okay, so tell us what happened. Uh, we started dating in early September, I would say. Ooh. This okay. is when? When was it? Last year. Okay. Right. Um, and everything was going well. We were, you know, going on dates all the time, meeting up. And I was supposed to go back to Ireland at Christmas. So just before, at the kind of mid-December, start December, we agreed that we would, you know, take a couple of weeks off started seeing each other again when I returned in early January. And because of restrictions, I did not go home. Then one night she asked me to go Christmas shopping, quite short notice. And I said, I'm I'm up for work in the morning, I can't. Uh, And that was kind of it. It just left off at Christmas. So we didn't really see each other at Christmas and uh, haven't seen each other since. Wow. You didn't know. I didn't know. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I, I feel if if I did come back in January and start seeing again, I would have been kind of left off around the Valentine's time. Mm-hmm. And that is when cuffing season goes, fall mm-hmm. to Valentine's Yeah, Day. so mine was cut short a little bit, because, maybe because I didn't want to go Christmas shopping, or maybe that it was kind of, I was a nuisance for her around Christmas time. Because well, you weren't cuffing properly. No, yeah. I think also the problem was, is that you were supposed to go away. So she thought she was donezo with you. Maybe. No, seriously. She moved on already. So she's like, my cuffer's gone. Yeah, if your cuff leaves. Right? She's like, okay, my cuff. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, shoot. My cuffer's gone. And now I got to, she probably had already found a substitute for you. And, you know, Darren, you failed. I mean, first of all, you had no idea that you failed. But you failed because the biggest part of cuffing season is like the Christmas holiday party thing. Because you have a date for Christmas holiday parties. And then you have someone to kiss at New Year's Eve. And you were like, oh, top of the morning, I'm going to Ireland. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's exactly how I would respond. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That is how you speak. (laughs) Yeah, you bailed on like the the conditions of cuffing from what I I mean, In my defense, I have talked about this because I was a little bit frustrated (laughs) at the time. And I talked to a lot of my female friends about this and they said it was too short a notice to go Christmas shopping on a school night when I get oh, up quite no, early night. I think that might have been the problem did you say it's a school night <laughs> no Do, so if you knew would you rather have known that you were in a cuffing situation um yes of course because then you wouldn't get as 
emotionally attached and you wouldn't be like saying hey next summer we could be doing this I told you that this happens to people you told me Holly it does not and I was like are you sure that when you're in a cuffing situation both parties always know that they're being cuffed it was so good he was was planning for next summer that's what I'm telling you I told you that I was was thinking of bringing her to Nashville because she's into country music for her 30th oh my god that was one of my questions remember I said well what if one person starts looking long term you're like that doesn't happen I didn't think it did I found you one. It does happen to people. They do become victims of cuffing. God. I'm, a yeah. I'm so sorry, Darren. Okay. If you want to cuff someone, just giving it like right now, public service announcement tell you cuffers. Yeah. You want to cuff someone? Cool. Go out and cuff. But please make sure that the other person know they're being cuffed. Mm. Have a cuffing yeah. conversation. I mean, I am available for cuffing this season. Nice, oh, Darren. Put it on there. Yes. Pass. Okay. Holly and Nira. And now, Remembering the Queen, a celebration of the longest-running monarch in British history. That's today's top biz story. The United Kingdom and the rest of the world set to lay Queen Elizabeth II to rest. Hundreds of thousands of people waited hours to file in front of her coffin last week. While hundreds of head of state and royals are in London paying their respects, her funeral attended by 2,000 and expectedly being watched by millions upon millions of people around the world. Today has been declared a public holiday in honor of the Queen, who passed away September 8th at the age of 96. Her funeral broadcast live to more than 200 countries and territories worldwide. And yeah, screened to crowds in parks and public spaces all across the United Kingdom. Wow, and guess what is uh, trending online right now? Anything Queen merchandise. It's going. It's popping <laughs> off. You want a shirt with the Queen on it? You better hurry and get one. It's oh. going, 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 gone. Well, right ahead of the Queen's funeral, King Charles III sent out a message saying he and his wife were deeply touched by the many messages of condolences that they were just receiving from around the world. He wrote a very special note to her, a handwritten note that was placed upon the coffin. What did it say? <laughs> I think it was just a special message to oh. his mother. Oh. Yes. Uh, and for the funeral, her coffin taken from Westminster Hall across the road to Westminster Avenue. Abbey and then to Windsor, where the official burial will take place with her family members. Mm. And our very own RCMP are there as well from Beautiful. Canada. Beautiful. The representation is there. Sometimes you don't realize how much the connection really is there with Canada and the monarch. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty big. She's on her money. I was going to say. Like you, you, I know, She's on her money. I think it's just you become desensitized to it. And also, I don't really carry cash that much anymore. Right. Right? Like, you forget the symbolism, how much is there. Our money, also a collector's item now. So, get <laughs> there, ready. There you go. Uh, the funeral ended with two minutes of silence, followed by the national anthem. And, yeah, it's just been such from what I've seen and read online it's been a beautiful peaceful experience but there is some stuff do you want to hear some stuff yeah, of course okay, some of the ridiculous stuff that seriously is nonsense but Prince Harry Meghan Markle were they snubbed with the seating arrangement at the Queen's funeral they're not in the front row they're not in the front row because there's technically you know how there's two front rows because mm-hmm. there's the aisle between yeah they're not at all in the front row come on they couldn't find room for them I don't know. Mm. They're in the second row. And even where they're sitting, like, sitting in the second row, it's kind of like the end of the second row. It, I mean, that's convenient to get out. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't look so good, right? Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were officially uninvited to a royal reception at Buckingham Palace from the day before, where there was going to be a whole bunch of dignitaries that were there from around the world. They were originally invited to be there, but then things changed last minute, and they were uninvited, with the reason being given that the reception was for working members of the royal family only, and technically... 
They are not. Yeah, because they didn't want to be. Okay. Oh, no. And Prince Harry is like, can people just stop talking about me and my wife and William and the feud and just make this about our grandma, make it about the queen? So we will. So from black hats to brooches, funeral guests were wearing quiet tributes to the queen. Did you see the necklace that Kate Middleton was wearing? Yes, I'm just about to get to that. So the late Queen Elizabeth II was a master of symbolic dressing using clothes, colors, hats, and jewels to communicate often with her subjects. This Mm -hmm. is something that she used to do and to conduct soft diplomacy when she used to travel around the world. And uh, so pretty much her family members were trying to do the same type of thing for her. Uh, Obviously, black was the predominant color, you know, for the funeral. It makes sense. Princess Charlotte, her great-granddaughter, now third in line to the throne, she was wearing a dark hat and she also wore a horseshoe pendant on her coat. Because her her great-grandma had a huge love for horses. And then and uh, for others, queens, uh, you know, for example, King Charles III, he wore a Royal Navy uniform and carried his sword. Mm-hmm. This is part of the symbolism. And uh, so did William. His son, William, also, he wore his Royal Air Force uniform. And Prince Harry, actually, they say he was in civilian clothing because he is no longer working member of the family. But he mm-hmm. did wear his medals. And making a statement with the brooches, the pins and the sachets, there's so many other, like, you know, different members of the mm-hmm. family. Catherine, Prince of Wales, wore a pair of drop earrings made from pearls that were given to the Queen and Prince Philip for their marriage in 1947. Oh, wow. So that was her symbolism, as well as the four-row Japanese pearl choker from the Queen's personal jewelry collection. Nira, you need it. Do you know Princess Diana wore that often? As soon as I saw that on Kate Middleton this morning, I was like, Diana, Diana used to wear that choker. I mean, it's over the top, but Nira, you could pull it off on like a Tuesday. I'm not lying. Totally. Obviously. And then Meghan Markle, she wore earrings that were given to her by the queen when she got married to Harry. So what happens with all the jewels? Like, do they just stay? They just like who? Like, do they get more access to them now? I think they will be distributed. But who the, gets the crown? But the new queen will be getting quite a bit of the royal jewelry. That crown. I know. Uh, just a side note, because this is kind of cool. Uh, if you're into Keanu Reeves, you know, John Wick, we all love Keanu Reeves. Yes, it's a Hawaiian name, and it means cool breeze over the mountains. He's go- he's on a career high right now. There's going to be a sequel to his supernatural movie. Do you remember Constantine? The thriller, suspense, no. over scary movie Constantine from 2005? No. They're making... I've watched Constantine. It was okay. so good. <laughs> they are returning. They're going to bring out Constantine Part 2. Keanu Reeves is signed on. He's going to return as the occult investigator John Constantine. No word on when this is happening. Why does he only play John's? Well, that was his name from the movie, Constantine. John Wick. I'm John Constantine. (laughs) But his real name is Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I'm Nira, and that's The Biz, brought to you by Vancouver Young Actors School, now in two locations near Science World, Port Coquitlam. Act now. Visit VancouverYoungActorSchool.com. Good morning. Everybody ready? You're waking up with Holly and Nira. Oh, boy. Here we go again. On 94.5 Virgin Radio. heard of executive presence no right executive presence i was at this talk last week where i was a host and the whole talk was about how you as a person can have and develop executive presence it's a person who draws others to them it's a person who walks into a room and has this presence of attraction it's this person that when they're around they exude a certain level of power 
over other people. Okay. So a presence with powerful communication, powerful strategy, powerful leverages, power where you can overcome doubts and reservations about yourself when you enter any situation. And that is known as executive presence. Hmm. And then, of course, while I'm at this talk, I'm like trying to think of what kind of executive presence that I may exude or that I may kind of hopefully give off in situations or where I don't give off executive presence. Hmm. One of the many differences of you and I, Nira, I do not want executive presence. (laughs) That's way too much. It's too much pressure, dude. I don't want the power. You don't? No. Really? No, I'm good. You can have the power and I'll just sort of be in the corner. Oh my gosh. I was so into this. I was like, how about... Like in leadership roles, how to have executive presence, just like, you know, how people receive messages that you're sending out into the world or into, you know, your your workforce or at home or just into the community. What kind of powerful Mm. message are you sending out about yourself and what you kind of believe in? Don't you think that just happens, though, naturally? I don't I think I feel like this is one of those things where if you really like I'm going to focus on my executive presence, it kind of screws it up. I feel like you just have to sort of naturally do and you will exude. You believe that one is born to be with executive presence. You don't believe that it's a learned concept, executive presence. I think you can learn it, but it might come across as fake. I feel like I'd I'd rather someone who naturally is a leader, who naturally shows by leading their presence and their power. Uh Uh-huh. Does that make sense? No, totally. No, for sure. And in this this talk that I was at, it was really interesting. Like, there was... uh, picture shown of, you know, people who just have executive presence and everyone has it differently. Like Michelle Obama. Mm. Okay. Just oh, has yeah. it very natural. Mm-hmm. Angela Merkel. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. And then it was, and then dating back to Queen Victoria. Mm. All right. And there was pictures of all these women showcasing executive presence and how different each woman was with showcasing it. Mm. Well, one thing they all had in common. Okay. Cause if you, if you're thinking about executive presence, like say you're going to work today, you have a big meeting. Okay, you have a big meeting. Mm-hmm. Holly, you and all your executive meetings. So I love an executive meeting. <laughs> Imagine you're going into work today. Yeah. You want to have just that little bit of executive presence. Mm-hmm. One of the main things is to keep your elbows away from your body. Uh-huh. And in all these pictures of Michelle Obama, Angela Merkel, Queen Victoria, all different types of women's executive presence, all of them in these photos had their elbows away from their body. Interesting. Yeah, because that automatically forces you to carry yourself bigger, stronger, become a little bit more of a, a force with just your, you know, how your body talks, right? Starting with your physical presence. Yeah. Oh. It just forces you to kind of put your shoulders back and just mm-hmm. be a little bit more, like, just... A better posture, a posture of executive presence. I do put my hands on my hips. <laughs> put my hands I mean, on those my are hips. my elbows are away. Okay, I guess. I mean, your elbows are away from your body. Yeah. So when you're taking your photos, you want to keep your elbows away from your body. But then, how are we ever going to be close? Because it will be elbow to elbow. Oh, me and you? Yeah. <laughs> I assumed we were exuding presence, power, to, presence together. Together. Are we not elbow to elbow? <laughs> Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. Are you into danger callers? Danger callers. So into them right now. Do you know what a danger caller is, Nira? No idea what a danger caller is. Danger callers are 
unknown numbers that call your cell phone, and instead of ignoring it, you pick them up. <laughs> yes, danger callers. Like, uh, danger, danger, don't pick it up because you don't know who it is. Stranger danger. Who knows? You know they're going to try to, like, sell you something or they're trying to, like, scam all your money from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just, you go for it. Danger callers. I pick up uh, the danger calls. I guess that's what they're all, like, they're danger calls, I guess. Oh, yeah. I pick them up, but I always act, like, all confused when I'm answering. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, okay, so pretend you're ringing, right? right? Vibrating, yeah. Yeah, vibrating. I'm like, uh, Hello? <laughs> and what what does this do? What does it this do? For, them off oh, does it? They're all like, "Oh, uh, hello, hello," and I'm like, "Hello." How many back and forths? How many hello, 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 hello? No, then they click. Oh, then they go. <laughs> so they're like, "Forget it. This chick is. We we're never going to get money from this chick." Yeah, I always pretend like I'm really confused, distraught. I have no idea what's going on. Like. I don't know. It's just, for me, it's a fun game. Oh, it is 100% a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to find out. I'm like, hi, <laughs> where are you calling from? Like, I'm always like, I treat it like they're calling the station. Yeah. Well, hi, she, what's your name? Hi, what's like, your name? Hello? Hi. And have you ever noticed like you answer, you answer and then for some reason it doesn't kind of go through right away that you hear a click? No, of course. This is from a call center. <laughs> but all mine, like uh, my phone number, like the first three digits of my phone number is the same danger calls I get. I get the first three numbers of my phone number as my danger calls. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a thing. Whoa. Yeah, so the first three, like besides 604, yeah. then the first three, huh. they call. And then I get really confused. I'm like, why am I calling myself? <laughs> oh my God, they're never going to get anything. So wait, you. I really am confused. I'm not pretending. <laughs> You're the danger. <laughs> Holly and Nira. Holly and Nira. Virgin Radio. I made up a little game, and I want to know if you want to play with me. Ooh. You want to play? Okay, let's play. Character versus actor. <laughs> Do I have to say it like that? I have to say it like no, that? No, you don't have to. Character versus actor. actor. Character, actor. Now, this is coming up because last week, we loved this couple. Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively announced they're having a baby number four. Totally. I, I, I'm so happy for them. Jealous. You're jealous. Very jealous because baby number four sounds perfect and Ryan Reynolds perfect. But then Holly and our producer Scott here were like, oh my gosh, but Blake Lively. Oh my God. She's so, so hot. And you also, Holly. Yeah. He's like, oh my gosh. She's Little Miss Perfect. Right. And then I was like, oh, really? That's what I said. And the two of you kind of gave me a death glare. And I said, I have a hard time separating character versus actor with Blake Lively. For example, she, for me, is forever Serena Vanderwoodson from Gossip Girl. And because she's Serena Vanderwoodson, I forget sometimes she's Blake Lively. I do. Wow, she must be an incredible actress. <laughs> I don't know if it's about that. It's just I watched all of Gossip Girl from beginning to end. And what was... So I had never seen an episode. Serena Vanderwoodson, she's like high society. Okay. Always the victim. Okay. Always the victim. Always getting herself into trouble, but it was always everybody else's fault. And she always had like the pout going on. Okay. Random pout. Okay. Did all she, again, her voice. Okay. And I had I had a really hard time with her character. Okay. So because her character to me was so bothersome, I have a hard time sometimes remembering that Blake is just Blake. Mm. Okay. She's a human. And I then started thinking of my other issues with other characters versus actors. <laughs> well, there's a list. There's a list. Okay. Another one that came to my mind is Meredith Grey, as in Ellen Pompeo, Grey's Anatomy. 
I cannot separate Ellen Pompeo from Meredith Grey again. She's such a victim on the show on Grey's Anatomy. But I continued to watch 16 seasons and I finally let it go. Yeah, isn't it like season 32? Yes, it won't like stop. Season 32. But again, still, I can't. When I see anything Ellen Pompeo, I'm like, Meredith Grey. And I cannot separate the character from the actor. I'll be honest, I cannot think of one other thing she's done except Grey's Anatomy. She was great. And what was that movie, um, Old School? Back in the day? Oh, she is in, that's, she is in okay, Old School. That's yes, true. right. Yeah. Phenomenal. She was not phenomenal. I loved her in no, there. No, she, she was, was great. She was so she great. She could have been played by anybody. No. Yeah, yeah, She was yeah. a very, it was, no. it's, she was great. I loved her. And then I found one more, character versus actor, where I cannot separate <laughs> them. And that is Misha Barton, also known as Marissa from the OC. Okay? okay. Misha Barton, I do not see anything but Marissa. I only see Marissa. I do not see her as Misha. Huh. And Marissa, again, another victim on the OC. Interesting. I have issues with victims, I think. Yeah, it's so, it's, so it's something about the character it annoys you and that's, that's enough. And then that hits you and then you're like, I don't care that you're a real human. To me, you're a victim. Yes. And you're playing it up in your pouty lips and I can't. Yeah. Yeah, she also did a lot of pouty lips. Me? You know what? I just thought of one. Hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker. Don't you dare. Carrie. I was wrong. From no, Sex in the that. City. Yeah, I feel that. Annoying. No. Annoying character. God, no. Yes. Whiny. Get your life together. She Can't. did get her life together. She did not. She was a writer. She put her life on paper. No. You. Speak about whiny, pouty victim. <laughs> oh, she my used God. her life and made a career out of it. At least made money out of it. Too whiny. I, I think I got another one, too. Like, it's not the most obvious one. Keanu Reeves. Like as Neo, I, would I know be careful. Kung, I know Kung Fu. Uh-huh. That's him in every single movie. <laughs> every guy. movie, he's that guy. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is not Neo in every single movie. John Wick basically is Neo How with shorter hair and less leather. How yeah, dare but you? that's exactly it. There was no dog in the Matrix. <gasps> How dare you bring up the dog right? from John exactly. Wick? Exactly. There's no. no dog. There's no. There is no dog. That's a joke. <laughs> no that's dog. A joke. Holly and Nira, you're waking up with Holly and Nira. There's a new implant, and this one is, like, next level. Okay. Remember how we were talking about last week, um, there's, like, this thing Whole Foods and Amazon are testing right now where you literally get, like, your credit card and all your information embedded, implanted into your palm, Mm -hmm. and then when you go to pay, you just swipe your palm, and it's called Palm Pay. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, Nira, you brought up this guy who had, like, his car keys implanted in his hands. Car keys in one hand, and then his home keys in the other. Okay, well, get ready for a new implant. People are getting its pain-free drug relief. Okay. Scientists are testing out this new small implantable device that relieves pain super quickly, and then this little device dissolves safely into the body. Hmm. This implant is placed directly on certain nerves inside the body and it cools the nerves, which basically numbs specific certain uh, nerves based on what pain you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it disrupts the pain. The, it disrupts the pain signals between your nerve and your brain. So it's this little implantable device they put in, depending on what your pain is, mm-hmm. they put it in. And then it would hit your nerve, it would cancel your pain feeling, and then this little implantable thing would dissolve into your body. Like, when would it dissolve? Like, after however long. Say you had, depends on your pain severity, too. They Mm. could change it, so it would dissolve after 48 hours, or it would dissolve after 8 hours. And they say this could replace painkillers one day. Okay. 
Well, I my only thing is when you're getting something implanted like that, mm-hmm. right? For example, if you're using the palm pay. I know the name <laughs> of it. I mean, come on, guys. You know that you're going to be using it. All, like you understand why someone is getting that implanted because they're going to be using it so often. Right. Same with your keys and your house keys. You're using sure. it consistently. Yes, okay, right. So this thing with the pain thing, like I, I understand what they're doing, but if it's going to dissolve that quickly, do you then have to keep getting it reinserted? Yeah. You have to keep getting it, sorry, implanted? Is that worth it to constantly get it implanted if it's only for eight hours or yeah, for question. 48 hours? I would think like once you get this thing implanted for your nerves or for the pain, yeah. is it good for a year? At yeah. least? At least? Okay, so say for example, childbirth. Okay. You've had three oh, babies. Yeah. I had two. Yeah. There was some pain involved, remember? Yeah, no, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> you Obviously, blocked it. You, you we blocked it. forgot because otherwise, why would we ever do that again? See, that situation, I'd be like, that makes more sense for this implantable pain relief thing because it was like, what if they could make it last 36 hours? Great. Yes. Plant it. Let's go. Yes. And then it would dissolve. But you're right. If you're just like, I've got a headache. Let's go. Implant me. Yeah. Implant me. Yeah. Every like, you know, two and to four there, to six hours or whatever and, it is. Yeah. And is there like a remote you know, that you press and say, like, you know, the pain's coming, like, start activation. Right. So, oh, right. Or is there an app for that? Activation started, like, for, I mean, for your nerves and to release the pain on your nerves? And I can't believe you haven't asked this question. What is it made of? And how does it just dissolve? Where does it go? Well, what? <laughs> what? Starnet. <laughs> what is it? Skynet. Skynet? Terminator. Oh. Remember? Skynet no. took over. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. So, yeah, it may just, you know, okay. they say it disappears in your body, but it's right. actually disappearing and then going into your brain and then taking over. Right. And then next thing you know, you're a robot. And it's, is Jeff Bezos involved? I'll do some more research for us. I was thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger, but okay. Okay, either one. <laughs> Holly and Mira.